Hi everyone! You may have noticed several Easter egg references to various other media tucked away inside of the Embers of Eden. As we reveal them in this bonus episode, see how many of them you caught when you were listening. If you're familiar with Star Wars, you likely caught the first Easter egg that appeared in the opening scenes of the very first episode. As Hewitt is walking down the corridor, he passes two chatting officers. Third shift. And let's see. Reaction chamber maintenance scheduled out for one week. Good. The chatter between the two is a conversation from two stormtroopers in Star Wars A New Hope from 1977. In episode three, Hewitt encounters one of Dr. Lefebvre's genetically altered humans. Like all the others, this one has its mind stuck on one thing and keeps obsessing over it. This particular abomination keeps talking about famous conspiracy theories about the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy, with a little bit of President Lincoln's details thrown into the mix. Who's there? Do they, do they know? Do they, do they know? Do they, do they know the grass? You know what? What's at the theater? The theater back, back into the left, back into the left. Hey, what's taking so long? No, the Firewall redundancies. Overriding. Yeah, so you said. Help above the world so high. Is it you? Do you do you know the grassy knoll? Was there one shooter or two? One shooter or two? Back into the left, back into the left. Hey, stay back. I warn you, I'm armed. Was it you? Was it you in the window? Uh, or were you in the theater? Were you in the window of the theater? I'm warning you. Oh, I wonder what you are. In episode three, Dr. Odell, the chief researcher from the Ember of Eden, and the one who Acker patterned Anna's voice after, has a back and forth with Acker in some found recordings. In that exchange, you'll actually notice her mentioning the need to create a toilet paper alternative, since everyone hoarded the toilet paper when the invasion of the colony happened. And Acker, if you really want to be everyone's hero, maybe try developing some kind of easily synthesized fiber we can make toilet paper out of. When word came in that those aliens were coming, there was a run on toilet paper, so we don't have much on board. All those people dead on the surface hoarded it all. Go figure. This is a real-world reference to the hoarding and subsequent shortage of toilet paper during the COVID lockdowns of 2020, which were happening as the first season was being produced. In episode four, we hear a reference to the ship's drive being called an Alcubierre drive. This is a reference to real-world theoretical physicist Miguel Alcubierre Moya, who has provided a theoretical basis for faster-than-light travel. One of the research teams has developed and installed an Alcubierre drive. Installation has been difficult. This was meant to be an orbital research station, not a ship. Internal structures have had to be modified. One of my favorite movies from childhood was The Princess Bride, so when the time came to add some snarky dialogue between Hewitt and Anna, I couldn't help adding a reference to a scene from the movie. In The Princess Bride, kidnapper Vizzini talks about the great blunders of history, including the warning to never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Hewitt just makes the point about an engineer instead. (laughs) Anna, you fool. 
you fell victim to one of the classic blunders, only slightly less well-known than the warning to avoid a land war in Asia. Never send a machine against an engineer when death is on the line. If we reference Star Wars, you're probably not surprised to also find a Star Trek reference or two in the script as well. In Episode 7, Hewitt and Anna recount the warning of the Borg. Resistance is futile. Hewitt, your resistance is... Futile? Pointless. You endanger your species. We were huge fans of the short-lived sci-fi western series Firefly, so of course we had to add a few Easter eggs from that show. In Episode 8, Sumner quotes a favorite line from the show, used by the pilot Wash when playing with toy dinosaurs, though Sumner's use isn't quite so comical. You are bothered that I have turned against you. This is the only way to preserve the human species. You must see that. Yeah, yeah, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal or whatever. Of course, that isn't the only Firefly reference. In the season one finale, Sumner quotes tough guy Jane Cobb as he declares his readiness for some thrilling heroics before jumping onto a moving train. I've got this. You just get that shuttle ready and come pick me up. It'll be a long jump to the colony planet if you aren't there to catch me. Fine, I'll be there. Good luck, Sumner. <sighs> okay. Time for some thrilling heroics. Sumner out. There's an Easter egg for a specific city hidden in episode 13. Maybe our listeners from that city noticed it. No ships, including military vessels, are to enter the system without prior clearance, which you don't have. We understand that, Admiral, but Fleet Code Section 816, Subsection 913, dealing with mission priorities, states that when a distress call is Commander, I don't need you to remind me of Fleet Protocol. 816 and 913 are the telephone area codes for the Kansas City metro area. Did you think there was only one Princess Bride reference? Back in Episode 8, Sumner made reference to Prince Humperdinck's torture chamber, the Pit of Despair. Oh, done. Not a moment too soon. I am done hanging around in this pit of despair. Episode 12 provided more than one Easter egg to be discovered. Maybe you caught this one. Contact with the Addressin was first made two standard years ago when they entered System C-136 and contacted a research outpost. C-136 is the name of the universe Rick and Morty are from. Or maybe you noticed this? Here are the shift reports you requested. Okay, let's see. You moved Lieutenants Alexios, Avor, and Bayek over to second rotation? Yes, sir. I needed to balance the coverage of their departments. Any video game fans out there? Alexios, Avor, and Bayek are three protagonists from the Assassin's Creed series. If you've listened through all of the episodes available up until now, you've likely noticed a theme that runs throughout the entire program. The ideas of creation, beginnings, and life. If you haven't caught on, it's reflected in the title of the podcast itself, The Embers of Eden. Eden being the garden where the humans are placed in the biblical creation story. But that isn't the only reference to these themes. The name of the lost colony, Euphrates, is of course taken from the river in the Middle East, where the cradle of civilization was formed in the Fertile Crescent. You might also notice that the name of the capital city of the Euphrates colony is Tiamat City, named after the mythical monster from the Babylonian creation story and a symbol of primordial chaos. Seems fitting enough. Tiamat was defeated by the hero Marduk, 
who used the monster's body to create the world. Unless you're familiar with the details of Norse mythology, you might also have missed that Strom's chief entivor is named Asker. Asker was the first created man in the Norse creation myth. So, where will this theme of life and creation take us? Well, you'll just have to wait for season three to find out. We hope you enjoyed this little episode and that you'll stick around for the rest of the adventure. This is Kayla, the voice of Anna. And this is Ross, the producer and voice of Hewitt. This is Nate, the voice of Sumner and the creative advisor here at the Embers of Eden audio drama. Thanks for listening, guys, and keep an eye out for season three.